Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Guinness World Record holding Fondazzi Fire. That's right, everybody. This is a Fondazi Fire Show, and this is a podcast where we ask the question, what do you want? Now, normally the answer would be more fire, but tonight, tonight the answer is more Feastmasters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am your host, Adam the Rambaro Stoko, and with me as always is my lovely and beautiful wife, Katie Mighty Mouse Matryska. Hello, and joining us we have Jim Cunningham. Hi everybody. Laszlo. Hello. And our wonderful and beautiful, amazing producer, Teresa. Hey. I noticed that he yeah. didn't have a beautiful Jim or Laszlo. That's all right. I don't need a qualifier <laughs> at all. I stand alone. And Laszlo only goes by the one name. He's like Cher. Yeah. Th right. There actually was a moment when I said Laszlo and I was like, what is yeah. it? Do I no. say anything else? I don't what? know. What huh. was yes. Nemeshi. <laughs> Nemeshi. Mm -hmm. Nemeshi? Nemeshi, yes. Excellent. He's so my favorite Hungarian. <laughs> We invited you guys on tonight to get a little bit more information about you and your characters and how you guys have been at the feast and what's been going on at the feast and like what a day is like as a feast master. So the first question we had for you guys is how did you get started at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival? Ah, uh, boy. Uh, I started at the stocks uh, at that point uh bill locken was the lord high sheriff and he owned the stocks so i never auditioned at the festival at all i knew somebody who was uh working at the stocks and uh, we had done a a show together and he said uh hey uh i don't know if you're interested but i said no i uh, yeah i'd be really interested so i started doing the stocks and uh i did that for i don't know two or three or four years. I can't really remember. It's a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, that's where uh, that's where I started and then um, went from liked it a lot, uh, the festival in general, and um, liked it en enough to put together a little group of uh, of my friends. And we had a stage show um, first on the pavilion stage. And then uh, the next year we alternated between the bakery, treetop and crown stage. And we did that for three years. And um, then what I- What show was that? Uh, it was um, a Commedia show, but not really. Uh, Commedia was sort of the jumping off point. Those were the characters, but all the jokes were very contemporary. And uh, we just used the sort of structure of Commedia uh, and the characters and then none of the rest of it really mattered to us. Mostly <laughs> we didn't understand it. So. 
How how old were you when you decided to do the stocks? I'm kind of curious on what the timeline Ooh, is here. Boy. Uh, I must have been like 20, maybe 21 or two, something like that. I was I was still at the University of Minnesota. So, um, yeah, so I had to be 20-ish uh, when I started. So awesome. 40 some odd years ago, if I've done the math correctly. <laughs> Laz, how about you? How'd you get your start? I started in 19, about 1989. Uh, I'd gone out there in 86, I think, with a group of friends and first time ever. I just fell in love with it. And we immediately ran into some of the street performers and said, how can we be a part of it? And they said, well, you got to go through Academy and blah, blah, blah. And we said, wow, that sounds like a lot of work. Is there an easier way? <laughs> and they said, no, you got to do that. So we, we did Academy. And that's when, when, when Academy was at McAllister College in St. Paul. And I started at the front gate tearing tickets and did that for uh, about two, close to three years, I think three years, and said, oh, I, I had enough. Uh, went from working the front gate to uh, I worked at Hawker at uh, Hawked at Treetop stage and for when uh, the Rat Catcher and Pastorius were a big stage act, Michael the Mime, uh, Arsene, um, all the all the classic hits were there at the time, uh, and then did my three years and said, "Yeah, I'm I'm good," and I came back once to visit and then got back into doing the feast in uh in 99 and this will be my math is correct 20 22 years i think of doing the feast i could get a calculator i suppose but i'm going to trust you <laughs> on the math it's not my, it's not my area so uh, yeah I, I started at the front gate uh, um and really got a got the the feel for everybody coming in and what everybody behind me in the festival grounds was gonna gonna experience and it was it was three years of hey, where's puka snot <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't know who they are i don't know who you are just ticket get in there get, get in, in there, there you go, big go, go. yeah we actually just recorded a podcast uh, this last weekend about Frontgate and all the shenanigans that have taken place and all the experiences, because quite a few members of Fondazzi have taken their time to work Frontgate as well. Yep. It's kind of like a rite of passage, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like well, I've noticed, I've noticed the people who actually audition and go through Academy usually work Frontgate, and then you have you guys who just get in through a group. Right. I think it's, a, you know, I, I think it is a valuable thing to to work at the front gate. I never did it. So I'm only guessing at all of this. But it forces you to sort of have uh, some sort of exchange quickly with a lot of people and sort of get you acclimated and get your feet wet. And, and then from there, you can sort of move from being a ticket taker to being a street character to being a stage act or, you know, whatever is your interest at that point. But I, I think it's a good a good thing. And in fact, I, I think the current artistic director, FUD, is asking 
all of us to go back to that at least once during the run and take a shift there, which I'm willing to do. I think yeah. you should go back oh, and shift. try that out. Shift. You've never shift. done it. <laughs> yeah. With an F. I'd be happy to try front gate. Yeah. We should all do you it. Can, you can yeah, do we it. do it together. Yeah. Yeah. We can do it together. Yeah. Yeah. Takes over Nobody would get in. Yeah. No. <laughs> Or everybody would get in. <laughs> would you people shut up so we can get into the? <laughs> Did you guys have characters when you first started, or uh, I mean, we still don't. I mean, I, I don't mean to speak. <laughs> no, uh, like we don't. No, <laughs> I have found uh, I have found that I am better being me than I am being somebody else. It's just flat out the truth. And uh, I have come to embrace that. Uh, and I have in large part the festival to thank for it because before anybody else really was willing to pay me uh, to perform the festival was. And so uh, the, Mr. Peterson and the festival itself sort of paid me to figure out who I was on stage in front of people. And as it turns out, uh, as much as I'd like to say, you know, I, I could be anybody. I can't. I can only I, I got this. And if you, this is what you're looking for. Great. If it's not, I, I can't do much more. <laughs> yeah. That, and it's the easiest thing to remember, too. I don't have I just don't have the capacity to do an accent for 12 hours a day. Yeah. Uh, and, and God bless those that can. I just there's no way I can. And it's funny in our relationship with Jim and myself, we the roles have sometimes reversed completely reversed now where i would when i started out i was very okay I, very structured i was nervous about getting it right and we had an opening song and we had an opening and we had a middle and a middle and another middle and another end and jim was just all you know jim <laughs> and as the years pass we've switched roles and now jim doesn't care and we have, we have switched and then switched back. Is that uh, kind of? <laughs> yeah. Actually, I was very comfortable, and then and then I became, I think, uh, very concerned about how the show was mm -hmm. structured and what we were doing and lines that we were learning and bits that we were crafting. And uh, uh, and Laz was more. Ah, oh, what the hell? Throw it against the wall. We'll see what sticks. Whatever does, that's the show. Whatever falls to the ground. We'll sweep out. We'll use it for next time. That's right. And now, and and I and that and that was for me was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute. And uh, even even in my early days at uh, well, in my middle days at festival, uh, early days at the feast, I was working at Dudley Briggs Bravey Workshop as part of the resident company, which you know is all improv. We write all the shows from improv, and then we would improv for an hour after every show for an audience. So uh, I didn't really have a problem with no structure. It, that was part of you know, what I was hoping to do all along was to have this sort of improv -y, loose cannon-y feel, but I kind of felt like, well, it's gotta be really structured and then we can sort of go from there. And, and Laz was just the opposite. And then we switched 
to now he is very structured about, hey, we should get together. I think we need to write. And I'm like, ah, what the hell? We'll tell some stories and people will be, it's it's fine. No, Jimmy, seriously, that that face that he's doing right there, right there. <laughs> if, if we can get to this face, it's great now, but it's even better during your show, if I can get him to that face, oh my! This God. is my I've just lost control face. Just, that's it. I'm in my happy place. That face. I know it's a good show. I know the show is going great. If that face comes up, so, so is Laz in charge of keeping everything on time these days? Yes. <laughs> then why do I always check in with Jim? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Why do you, Adam? That's silly pants. Uh, I would say that is the one uh, function that I still perform is I keep uh, one eye on the clock and one eye on the plate and another eye on Laszlo. And I've never had five. <laughs> so something's going to go. I don't know where it's going to go, but something's going to break. <laughs> and it's easy for me to say, I, I don't know, ask Jim. <laughs> we we do that to Adam when we go on the road. Oh my goodness. Um someone will come up and say something to Brett and I and we'll both go uh have you asked Adam? And then we walk away. <laughs> Put it in front of him. Yeah. Jimmy. I'm letting the dogs out. The dogs, otherwise it's going to be a mess. Fine. I'll see ya. Well, I'm back now. <laughs> I came back too. I'm just going to leave that in. <laughs> so Les, you said you started at the Feast in 99, and Jim, we kind of got a vague reference of when you started with the Feast, but how did you guys get your start with being at the Feast? Well, I, like I say, was doing uh, this stage show at the Bakery Stage, and Gary Parker, at that point, was the artistic director. And at the end of whatever season that would have been, I guess, uh, I guess it would have been at the end of the 88 season. Gary called me in February and said, hey, uh, Willie Louder at that point was the feast master. And he said, yeah, Willie is thinking that he wants to get back out on the street and, and stop doing the feast. And I was thinking that you would make a great host of the Feast of Fantasy. And I said to Gary, oh, Gary, I don't know. I, I, I am seeing hosting. That's not really for me. I'm more of an actor. And Gary said, no, I don't think you are. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was really the best show business advice I ever received. And so I said, well, yeah, okay, let me think about it. And he came back to me with an, a figure, which at the time uh, was a lot of money compared to what I had been making at that point. Uh, and uh, so I said, yeah, I'll do it. And um, then coming into that, that would have been the fall of 89. So that year I was going to start hosting the Feast of Fantasy and I had gone up to do uh, summer stock, three shows in, in, uh, in rep uh, in northern Minnesota and met a director up there who uh, I got along with very well. And um, uh, when we got back in mid-August, he reached out to me and said, hey, I have this opportunity to uh, uh, direct a show called The Mystery of Irma Vep at the Milwaukee Repertory Theater. And it's a two-person show. And they said I could bring an actor and I'd like to, I'd like to bring you. You'll get your equity card. It's a great uh, regional theater. And I said, oh boy, Howard, that would be great, except 
I'm, I, I'm hosting, I'm, I'm doing a show at the Renaissance Festival and uh, you know, I, can't, I, I told him I would do it and I, there's not anything I can really do about that. And he said, really? And I said, yeah, I just, I really can't do, you know, I told him I would do it. And he said, okay. And I hung up the phone about 20 minutes later, he called back and he said, listen, dickhead, I'm talking about <laughs> an equity card. You want to be an actor. This is your in to an equity card, an equity actor. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I said, yeah, I know. He said, all right, listen, come over and pick up this script and read it. And if you can't see it, then okay. But, but you should read the script first. So I read it and it was, it's a terrific script. It's, Right in my wheelhouse, it's goofy shit comedy, two guys playing four roles, and you don't want the audience to know that there's only two guys until about halfway through the show when they go, hang on a minute. So you're backstage <laughs> quickly changing, and it, that really is an amazing piece of uh, theater that this guy created. <laughs> and so I called Gary, and I said, Gary, here's the situation I find myself in. Give me the benefit of your wisdom. What should I do? And he said, well, you got to go you got to go do it. I mean, this is just too good an opportunity. You got to go. And I said, okay, but you know, what I'm afraid of is that, you know, I'll find someone to take my place, but, and I knew exactly who I wanted to call. Uh, but my fear is that you're going to like this other guy better than me. And I'll never get the opportunity to, to work with you and host the show at the, at the festival. And Gary said to me, the second piece of brilliant stage show business advice that's the risk you run, young man. <laughs> so I went, I did it. I had a great time. And uh, that following February, he called me and he said, yeah, you were wrong. I still, uh, I still want you. So if you want to do it, you have to commit and uh, you can do it. I said, yeah, sh shoot. That'd be great. I'd love to. And so uh, I did it until 99. And then uh, at the end of the, did you start in 99? Less? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I did it through 98, from 90 through 98. And then at the end of the 98 season, uh, had a little altercation with a drunken patron. Uh, mm -hmm. And it sort of soured me a little bit. He came into the middle of the feast hall and got me into a half Nelson and I had to kind of wrestle with him. And that was 98? That would have been the, yeah, the fall okay. of 98. And so, when we started to negotiate for the next year's contract, I said, well, you know, I, first of all, I, I think we have to discuss how big the goblets are. And second of <laughs> all, when we fill the goblets, because at that, at that point, they were like fishbowl size, really, truthfully, they were enormous. I have one here that I use as a fruit bowl. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> uh, and people used to get really drunk, and it was a mess. And, uh, and then we didn't want much more money, but I wanted a sound system put in because the show, you know, there's just no way to control the ends of that hall without a microphone. Sure. You can do it. And so the ends would check out and start their own show. And the middle, so I said, I want a sound system. And we couldn't reach contract resolution. And I called the guy who was my partner at that point and said, you know, what do you want to do? He said, I don't care if we ever do the show again. I, you know, we, we can get together every Saturday and Sunday if you want. Uh, but I, you know, I, I don't have to do it out there. We'll save ourselves the drive. And I said, okay. So we were done. And, uh, and then in 99, I was gone and, and Laz and, uh, uh, Dave Walbridge hosted the feast, didn't you? 
Yeah, yeah. Dave had called me. He he had been he worked with the office and got the gig as as face master and asked me. And I had known I've known Dave since I was probably sixteen. Great guy. Yeah, and so I've known him forever. And he said, "Hey, do you want to do the Beast of Fantasy?" And I'd be the sidekick. And I went, "Cool. What's that?" Because when I was taking tickets back in '89, it was that's bad manner. What goes on in there? We don't ask questions. We just <laughs> stay away from that. So I had no clue what it was. And he kind of explained it to me. It was sort of a variety show. Uh, he hosts, I sidekick. We do bring in acts. Simple. So him and I did that in 99 together. And then in 2000, uh, Dave decided to leave. And I was still kind of on the fence of, gosh, do I really want to keep doing this? I don't know. And then Jim and his partner, Mike, came back uh, at early on the second weekend of that season. And we kind of tag teamed in and sort of, I get, we kind of handed the reins back to Jim and Mike. And I said, man, I, I really dig this though. I want to still would like to be a part of it and worked with Jim and said, Hey, you know, if you need me for anything, I'll be here. Uh, and I'd love to help out and kind of got my kind of relearned everything. Um, and sort of phased back into, it was, did that, did that year of just kind of tag teaming back and forth. It was, you know, the three of us uh, off and on. And then in two, uh, in 2000, it's my math is horrible. In 2001, uh, Jim's partner, Mike, um, went on, he went to get his, what do you, like, doctorate or? He just, he had just finished his PhD in uh, uh, elementary education and became yeah. a, a professor at St. Ben's University in uh, Collegeville or St. Joe's, one of the two, I don't remember where, but somewhere up in there, St. Joe's, I believe you're right. Um, and so at that point, when Mike, Mike said, you know, I just can't, I can't do it. I can't, I, I can't, I can't do it. Uh, and uh, Laz reached out and said, you know, if he's not going to do it, I would like to, you know, have a shot at doing it. I watched the show all last year and that year when we were, the three of us were working together, uh, I went, we got through the first weekend together without having, uh, knowing how to use Laszlo. And we didn't, I had never met Laszlo until I got back there. Uh, and so I went to Gary Parker, who gave me the third piece of great show business uh, wisdom. Uh, I said, how do I, you know, here's my situation. I know my show, but I got this third guy. What do I do? And he said, well, there was this bit that we used to do at the front gate with Pastorius. And he'd go out and look for the king and he'd end up bringing back people that weren't the king that he thought was the king. Why don't you, could, he, could he do that, do you think? So I went to Laz and I said, what about this? Could you, you know, and yeah, I could do that. And yeah. so it really was a delight <laughs> that first year because he would just go out on the street. Oh my God. And we would never know. <laughs> we, we just wouldn't know what, what you know, what was going to walk into the hall. I got it. And I it was found the king. You got him. You got the. I got the king. I got the king. And it was terrifying because I had you know thirty, forty-five seconds to go find somebody. So I would get <laughs> anybody available, like a fop, to come in, <laughs> or I'd get a kid. Um, the one that really stood out was I, I, I'm 
desperately looking for something on the clock is ticking and i see this huge biker guy probably about six eight six nine (laughs) okay as wide as the screen (laughs) and he's walking away from me he's got no shirt on but a black leather vest completely bald just like a hulk hogan looking kind of dude uh and on the back of his vest like the motorcycle gang font and everything it just said badass and i remember (laughs) walking up about uh, 10 feet behind him i just went "Uh, excuse me badass and the guy goes like this he's just like stands up oh dear lord this is this is how it's gonna end and he turns around i go how'd you like a free beer and he goes i'm listening i said i I explained the bit and i said just come in just stand there in the hallway and i'll say hey jimmy i got the king you got the king i got the king bring him in here he is and he comes and i said you're gonna be the king and i got him his beer already so he was happy and he walks in all very i said just be kingly that's all you gotta do you don't have to say anything and he walks in and the crowd goes dead silent <laughs> did i, I jimmy and that was the face that was the face and jim goes come here i go yeah and we you know get real close and, he, and we're on microphones and he goes lassie that's not the king and i went i know it's not the king you know it's not the king and he's behind us we're like <laughs> I'm not going to tell him. You're going to tell him? I'm not going to tell him. There's a pause and I'm like, Your Majesty, good to see you. <laughs> and that was it. And he walked out. But that's the one that really stood out in my head. Oh, yeah. as as- but there were many. I mean, that whole season, he three or four times during the feast would show up with somebody, anybody, and we would just roll with whatever he brought us. And then the bit would end. Mm, at, oh, that yeah. point, at that point in the festival's evolution, George Herman was the king. And he made a daily, uh, 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 an appearance at every single feast at the end. He'd come in. If we had time, he'd walk around. If we didn't have time, he'd do what was called a drive-by, and he'd make this beautiful toast to the Feast of Fantasy, blah, blah, blah. And (laughs) so after all of these, you know, I've got the king. You got the king. Great. Ladies and gentlemen, my lords, my ladies, here he is, the king. And they'd play a fanfare, and in it walk, badass. Finally... (laughs) <laughs> in would come the king and they'd play this fanfare and George would get himself established in the room. And then Laszlo would bust in and say, that's it. I can't find that goddamn king anywhere. <laughs> and George would go, what did he say? And would go, oh, your <laughs> majesty. And I knew, him out of here. And I knew George, but I never really got, I never really met him. So to me, you know, as anybody who remembers George as a king is again this just monster of a man mm-hmm. and so I'd run in and he's over here and I don't even look at over here I'm like I can't find that king anywhere what did he say <laughs> like a muppet I'm out of the hall <laughs> it was that was a good year so is the show mostly improv these days or do you guys have a script that you're following it's a little uh, doing the show right now, actually. Uh, this is the show. <laughs> what you're hearing now is pretty much the show. We, uh, what do you think? Well, how would you describe it? We, uh, we have. You asking me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I know we have. You get introed, and then you intro me, and then stuff happens, and then we say goodbye. Uh, <laughs> it's really we have kind of a structure where we know we're gonna do 
toasts to kind of get the show rolling and get people focused on the show. And then really bits will just sort of be born. Um, we talk was, about bits. We have some ideas for we have ideas bits every year and some of them we try and we like and we keep and some of them we don't. Uh, we have gone away uh, largely from a very structured opening. Mm -hmm. So we've been there together now long enough that um, we have a lot of stories about stuff that has happened in the feast. And so uh, instead of us singing a song or we wrote several openings for the show, a 20, 30 minute sketch where, you know, Laszlo had to learn to fight a duel or <laughs> Laszlo. Running for Pope. He was, yeah, he was going to be the Pope. I mean, we had all of these bits that we had created that were 20, 30 minutes long, but we got to the point where we had all these stories that would sometimes get tapped into by an audience. They'd ask us something and we'd end up telling a story and that went as well <laughs> or better than the bits we were creating. So uh, maybe how many years ago did we decide to just do that? That was probably maybe three three, five years ago, three, five years, something like that. So we wrote down on a list of paper, all of the goofy stories that we could think of and mm -hmm. we laminated it. And uh, uh, so when, uh, now we say it's story time with Jim and Laz, you got to ask us questions. And, you know, maybe one of your questions will lead us to a story, but it usually does. Yeah. And it, but, but <laughs> we make it clear that, Hey, what's going to happen in the next 10, 15 minutes could go, very well, or it could go right in the crapper. We don't right. know. We're just going to roll. Do you have a favorite story? Oh, gosh. Ay, ay, ay. I, we have a lot. And one, I was thinking about it when you, when you were talking about how if, you know, stuff kind of evolves. This last year when we, we did, you know, the feast outside in the tent, it, it was later in the, in the run, and we get more and more comfortable with, you know, how the show flows. And I, Jim was about to introduce me and I had this, we do toasts and I had this much water in my mug. And I, I usually have the mug set out beforehand so I can run out and grab it when, when Jim introduces me. And I said, Shh, I forgot to put this out. Jim, will you put this out there? I don't have enough. Don't, whatever you do, please don't dump it out or do anything stupid. Okay. Nobody, oh, <laughs> don't worry about it. He puts the mug out. I go out to get a drink, to do the toast, it's empty. He's pouring it out. <laughs> and he looks, and now there's the show, and then there's the show. <laughs> and I'm looking at Jim going, okay, game's on. <laughs> and so we start doing, I this year I did a song uh, to the theme of Gilligan's Island. Um, and I'm supposed to have something in my mug while I'm doing the song. I got nothing in it. And so I run over and I grab Jim's mug and I pour some water into mine. And this little water fight thing escalates to the point where by the end of the two, two and a half hours, we're throwing pitchers of water <laughs> at both of us. And it ends up with Fudd who was helping out said, hey, I got an idea. I'll come out and tell you guys to knock it off. And while you, while Jim has a, uh, a mug of water, I'll tell you guys to knock it off. I look at Jim, Jim looks at me, he throws the water, I duck and Fudd gets a face full of water. Very slapsticky. 
but it worked. And it was one of those, I don't know if we can ever do this bit again. We never did. No, it was just a a one-off. And it was, we we found out that a lot of things are just funny to us. Yeah. And uh, really truthfully, when he talks about there being the show and then the show, I'm here for the show. Uh, And it it, it is a delight for me. And I, you know, I love the audience. I really do. I love them. I love them. A lot of them are now uh, friends and they, you know, it's not just like a regular people come back year after year after year after year. And so now they, they will ask for a story. Could you tell us, hey, tell us the story about the cat or tell us the story about whatever. I want to hear, did you ever have, the, did anyone ever jump right. off that Who was belt? the drunkest? Who was right. the, Who was the <laughs> craziest? What was you the know, most, anybody get hurt? You know, so they know our stories. It's like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. For some of these yeah. people, they know our stuff as well as we know our stuff. Right. Play Piano Man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it um, I still really look forward to it every year. I, mm-hmm. I can't wait to get out there. Uh, I would say of the two of us, uh, I, I am more renaissance in terms of, you know, enjoying the costumes and the leather boots and the, you know, uh, I'm very into that and enjoy that. And, and Laszlo is... I'm just there to goof around. Yeah, not so much. It's <laughs> great for me because I have it both ways. I enjoy what I, and then there's him who I love. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's fun for me. And I guess it's fun for an audience or I think we're sold out for the year already or darn close. Pretty close. Yeah. Like what is it? Full of tickets I don't left. know when this is going to air, but according to my watch, it's April 27th and the show is essentially sold out and they added shows to try to wow. accommodate that. And <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. Did sorry, you, what? I'm sorry. <clears throat> Can you edit that? We'll, we'll fix this in post. He won't ever hear that. Uh, and then, <laughs> uh, and I think there's a possibility of them changing the, I don't know what, but, but there's a possibility of adding seats. When I did Phantom's Feast at Bad Manor last year, they added for the first time in order to sort of deal with COVID seating up in the balcony. So did they add structure? up in the balcony? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't add a lot of people up in the balcony, but they added enough. Uh, so, uh, Jim didn't so, go on that side of the room. Yes, let's just please, say that. Please. So I don't know what, if it, but it's, it must be working or we wouldn't be working would be my right. guess. Yeah. Is the plan to have it out in the tent again this year or are we moving back to bad manner? I think it's yeah. back in bad manner. I think right. so, yeah. Although, yeah. you know, like anything else, uh, I, I, I didn't. I wasn't convinced that we couldn't do it in bad manner until we didn't do it in bad manner. Right. <laughs> and, and then it went so well in the tent that we thought, why don't we always do it in the tent? It went better in the tent than I thought. When yeah. they said, you're, you're doing the feast in the tent, I'm like, this is kind of... This is the Hindenburg. This, this is not going to work. This is going to die. <laughs> and it was fantastic. Yeah. Really? On a hot day and you got the wind, the breeze coming through? It was, and they they did such a, a really nice job of staggering the tables and structuring it and spacing everybody out for safety through this nuttiness um, that by the end of it, we're like, 
we should do this all the time in the tent. Always be in a tent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's obviously there's no place to put the tent, although it was discussed. Well, where could we put a tent? Could right. we put the tent where the how about up on the top of the hill where they fire off the cannon? Could the tent go up there? What if we did where how would we kitchen? Where would the food? So there was talk about <laughs> because it if the 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 beauty of the old days was we only did two shows a day. So we did an 11 o'clock and a three o'clock and they're both supposed to be two hours. They never were uh, <laughs> because we didn't, I, you know, I didn't have to watch the clock as carefully. I tried to, you know, I'd watch the kitchen and if the kitchen was saying, yeah, you got to get it out because it's going to get right. cold. If you don't then yes. But if something was going particularly well, I think of the dewdrop jugglers class. Oh yeah. Uh, and oh, the that's... amount of torture oh, my God. that <laughs> we put those three boys through well, <laughs> broke up their act. One of them had to quit. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> but yeah, so that was the glory days for me because and so when we went back to two shows a day in the tent, I was like, God, this is fantastic. Because I'm not looking at the clock thinking, oh boy. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Because the, the next crowd is getting ready to come in and we're not halfway through this show yet. Right. So uh, it was great. And so my impetus for sort of saying, yes, let's try to figure out where we can find, put a tent and do the show is you could see two crowds at one time in the big tent and it would still seem airy and large but we'd only maybe have to do the show twice and end up doing it for more people than if we did five shows at bad manner so i but i think we're going to be back in the hall okay yeah, I, I think so too and that's yeah, fine looking, yeah yeah it's fine whatever i am definitely looking forward to the fire feast of fantasy this year oh, so much fun yeah <laughs> and the fact that they have it in bad manner just always blows my mind yeah Blows my mind. I'm nervous every time we're standing outside going, is this going to work? Oh, oh yeah. That's why I'm outside when you guys are in there. That's right. It's an old building built by actors more than 40 years ago. What could go wrong? Right. All this fire. But if oh. the building catches fire, as we always say, don't worry, folks. At this point, you could run right through the wall. <laughs> well, it has been a joy having you guys on. I always enjoy coming up to the festival and sorry, to the feast and <laughs> interacting with you guys and seeing you guys work it is just so great what you guys do. And I really appreciate you guys taking your time and talking Absolutely. with us today. Yeah. So as let me ask you, so with Fondazzi, is anything new and exciting as far as a new fire bit or a new performance well, kind of thing or so we've had a CD in the works for the last two seasons. We have enough new music for a new CD. So you'll oh, wow. see a lot of new music and new choreography on the stage this year. Cool. Um, our guitar player recently had surgery like last week on his shoulder. So he may or may not be able to record a CD before the season comes out. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. But at the very least, we're going to have some new music and some new choreography. So nice. there'll be some exciting stuff i love you guys we love you i can't wait to see you in person yeah, i'm gonna too. cry the entire first weekend Me i'm gonna too. be tears the know. entire time i'm hugging everybody <laughs> yeah right <laughs> hey! 
If you want to become a Patreon subscriber, pop on over to the Patreon and look for Fondazi Fire. If you have any questions or show ideas for us, anything that you want to know, then email us at fondazi at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to Fondazi Fire Presents What Do You Want on your favorite podcast platform. And we'll see you next time.